Peace, and welcome to the Tailored Healing Collective Podcast. This is a space for, but never limited to, people of color. We're discussing sacred plant medicine, pregnancy, parenthood, and more. You know, there's such a stigma on who can open the floor for conversation on these topics that are viewed as taboo or even inappropriate. This fact alone has made so many become fearful of the very thing that could help us rebuild families, create our own businesses, and most importantly, trust our role in this world as future ancestors. So wherever you are, take a cleansing breath and do your best to listen with an open mind, heart, and spirit, and let love lead the way. I'm your host, Taylor. Peace, and welcome to another episode of the Taylor Healing Collective podcast. I've had so much fun interviewing so many people within the psychedelic, sacred medicine, and especially BIPOC community who have been brave enough to tell me the stories and encounters that they have had with sacred medicine and the transformation they have experienced in their lives. I'm a little nervous with today's episode, but it was on my heart that I had to record this. If you follow astrology, um, tomorrow we have a full moon in Aquarius. And Aquarian energy, pretty sure I'm saying that right, I hope I am, is a lot about breaking free from restriction, questioning authority and societal norms to you know, bring a new awakening to the world. We're in the age of Aquarius from what I've heard. And I'm nervous because when you choose to do certain work that calls out things that have been going on in society for a really long time, it can be scary because people can sometimes see you as a threat. You're challenging their way of life, the way they've always known things, the way that things have operated and what has worked for them for a very long time. So when I started this podcast, I was not thinking in the same ways I'm thinking now exactly, you know. All that I knew was that I had never seen stories, not growing up, not as a teenager, and not even as a young adult, sharing their experiences with sacred medicine. And I ain't gone looking for them. Now, that's not to say there's no one who has been doing this work. There are many who I honor within this space who have been doing the work far long before I have. And I also honor those who have been doing the work of knocking down the walls of racial disparities in this country. I originally just wanted to, you know, connect with other women, pregnant women, who were not speaking out about the magic that working with sacred mushrooms or any other, you know, sacred medicine could do for the mind and the body, especially going through something as tough as pregnancy. But week by week, episode by episode, I realized that I've kind of been skating around the point of all of this. And I've made Instagram posts here and there where I kind of point these things out that I have noticed in the psychedelic space and community. I have applied to be speaker (laughs) at certain events, not because I've been doing work for so long, but just because I feel like, you know, the message needs to be out there that within this medicine that is labeled as sacred and indigenous, when it comes to American capitalism and marketing, It's not portrayed that way. It's portrayed as something else that is not accessible to us. So on this podcast, if you have tuned in, I have interviewed two people who are not people of color. And this is not to call them out in any way. I'm calling 
myself out just to say that I recognize that this work has to be done. I was telling myself that I wanted to share as many stories as possible and not look like I was being um, someone who was excluding others from the conversation. Because when we think about psychedelics, plant medicine, sacred medicine, you know, everybody always talks about, you know, this loss of ego and, you know, dropping all these ideas that race doesn't matter, color doesn't matter, you know, just <laughs> breaking down all these walls, right? And a lot of these stories I've heard from come from primarily white Americans. I too have had these moments during trips, journeys, ceremony, where I see that we are all connected. But you cannot ignore that we still live in a very 3D world. Where even if we say color doesn't matter, it still shows up in everything in life. So I'm sitting at home today watching this documentary on Abercrombie and Fitch <laughs> and the racial disparities within that company. And it, it's hilarious because I grew up in a white suburban area where that was the popular thing to wear, you know, and they <laughs> were a very racist company ran by a very racist man. Uh, and, you know, there are people speaking out about how they noticed that there was something wrong, something was not right within this company, and they had to start calling it out. So because I'm in such a sensitive space, where I have called things out quite a few times, um, that I do not see the representation. I have tried to be a part of that representation in very small ways, because I'm still very new to this space, but you know, I, I don't see the representation or outlook. And a part of me knew that this shift was going to happen, that we were going to eventually step from cannabis into psychedelics. So psychedelics already, which I've learned um, recently through an episode, is a very European slash American word. I don't know if it counts as European or American. We'll say American for the sake of this episode. And that word does not even define the mystical experiences that people say to have. So let's talk a little bit about how to change your mind. I did not read the book all the way through. I did see the Netflix show. And don't get me wrong, and I'm not going to make excuses. Um, with a show like that, you are going to have your group of board members, I'm sure, who tell you what's appropriate and what's not, how to keep it culturally relevant without pushing buttons or leaving things out. And immediately upon the first couple of episodes... I realized that they were not going to talk about the war on drugs. They were not going to talk about who has been not only left out of this movement, but criminalized for it and demonized for hundreds of years beyond, you know, this American way. And, you know, I will give credit and honor to the fourth episode, which talked about San Pedro um, and did a very decent job, I won't say amazing, but decent job of highlighting um, people who are indigenous to this country, the first of this land. But he, there, were, there was a giant portion and an opportunity where all of this could have been spoken about. But as we see in many other sectors of life, this is how things have gone within this country, around the world. But specifically in this country, when we're talking about this, I can't speak for outside of America because I am an American. When someone who is white 
deems that something is appropriate and socially acceptable, it becomes a thing. It becomes okay and acceptable, but only for a specific group of people. Now, I've seen them honor indigenous people. I've also seen groups of people holding space on lands that do not belong to them. Now, I cannot speak for the people who are indigenous to this land. I can only speak from my perspective, but they will hold ceremony for thousands and thousands of dollars that people of color just cannot afford in order to free your mind and open your mind and ultimately change your mind. But I was speaking to my husband earlier about this and I'm wondering, is this really changing our minds? Just because you have a mystical experience and it makes you more aware that everything on earth is connected, it does not negate the fact that there are still topics that exclude people of color every single day that make them feel unwanted, makes them look like criminals, people who are trying to put harm into this world, and then claim that it's also, you know, this this life-changing element that everyone has to have. I was really afraid to put this out there because no one, I'm sure, wants to look like the person who's trying to challenge every single thing in life. Some people probably want you to just, you know, relax, go with the flow. But we've gone with this narrative for so long. We have embraced the idea that it is acceptable, it's cool, it's transformational for white people to get to have these experiences and then gatekeep them. Now, they're never going to tell you that directly, but it's in the form of making it inaccessible. I also spoke about something with my husband not too long ago, and he he made a good point. He said that, can you imagine if they put psychedelics in hoods, sacred medicines, And the only way I could respond was no. I can't imagine that because you think about the structure of the ghetto, of hoods, how how the government, how the systems, they thrive off of people operating in low vibrational levels. How they can push foods that aren't good for you how they can keep you angry, stressed because you have to work a job all the time. You don't have the time for your kids. You don't have time for your relationships. You know, you behave in ways that are contradictory to operating in a love frequency because all the factors in your life, the environment that you've been placed in, the structure that's been set up for you does not allow you that same kind of freedom. Why would we give you psychedelics? That's only going to free your mind. That's only going to make you see that these systems of oppression are no longer working for anyone else. And I've seen people all over the country standing up for things like this, but particularly in this sector of the psychedelic realm, you know, I think it's particularly sensitive because it's supposed to help with mental health. And as we've seen over the past few years, especially with this pandemic, that 
people's mental health has been suffering, but it's been suffering for a long time. They only realized that once they were trapped inside and quarantined for months on end and now years on end, um, you know, with this fear of the war going on outside. And it's not even looked at as a war, but that's, you know, that's all another subject. Um, in my life and at this time, I feel that my purpose is to bring to light that just because sacred medicines have been put on this earth to help us better ourselves, they're also here to help us better society and help humanity. And we cannot do that if they're only available to very small groups of people. If a giant price tag is put on them and said, nope, only you can have it. Only you can have it. Well, you need to go get this clinical study first. Or we need to see the science behind to see if it really works for people like you first. When we get the numbers, then we'll let you know. Meanwhile, you have places like John Hopkins and Barry Elite hospitals and universities who know the magic that it does but if you know this magic why wouldn't you immediately make it accessible to everyone because that's too much it's too fast don't do all that you know I myself in this crazy ride that I've been on for the past couple of years and especially since the birth of my child have been very um very vocal, but also a little worried because I'm a mother, you know, my, my children are affected by everything that I do and their world, their future world is going to be shaped by the work that I'm doing right now. Some days I'm afraid it won't get heard because <laughs> even though there are a percentage of people in this country who are of color, who speak about sacred medicines and psychedelics, a lot of them will not publicly talk about it because of fear of criminalization. You know, CPS getting the children taken away from them or being labeled as criminals. It's time for that to stop. I have to remember that I'm creating a better world for them. This very amazing thing, this world that we're stepping into where people are saying, oh, okay, well, there aren't just, there aren't just antidepressants. There's something that can help me realize that everything that I've done in life up till this point is a product or a byproduct of the system that was set in place for me. And if I can break down this system and point out where things are going wrong, where we are not being heard, I can possibly shift the way the entire world is looked at. It's a scary thing to face because if you challenge someone's belief or ideas, you're looked at as a threat. I don't want to be a threat. I don't want to pose as a threat, but I know that's also not the way the game works. This life game, the matrix, as they say, decoding it. I have heard about people who work for um, major writing publications who are picking up on this trend. Let's talk specifically microdosing. And they're kind of trying to make it look like it's a cult of some sort, a trope, because, I mean, that's the easiest way you can write something off, right? You see a group of people doing something and think there must be, like, 
some weird agenda behind it, not healing like it is when you're looking at it through white culture's eyes, but we must be, you know, doing something to zone out from the real world and not work jobs and not do this and not do that. No, we're waking up. And it's not just black microdosing moms. There's another thing I realized um, in a former interview that I had, and I interviewed someone who runs an entrepreneur group um, for microdosing. And after that interview, I kind of felt weird about it. And it was not because I felt like the person was doing something wrong. I had to take a good look at myself. These sacred medicines, while yes, they can awaken you to being your best self and healing childhood traumas and, and, and scars, what good is only healing yourself if you're not healing others in the process? What good is it to be excited because you can finally make all the money you want and compete with you know, others who have been afforded all these great opportunities if you're not educating everyone around you on how to do this? You're still making it inaccessible. And I'm not speaking specifically about this person, but this is the way the entire system works. So taking it back to this documentary that I'm watching, you know, I get this gut feeling like it's time. It's time. You know, these celebrities are coming out now talking about mushrooms and pretty soon psychedelics. You know, this this Netflix documentary is going to change the way a lot of people think because now white America has made it publicly clear that we're okay with psychedelics. We're okay with sacred medicines, but who we are okay with is still very prevalent. There was um, a talk I saw by the late pioneer, Kalindi E., and surprisingly, this video did not have as many views as I thought it would, where he talks about the lack of diversity within psychedelic spaces and how they would put him on last or on a day where, you know, it was after the party, you know, during a weekend convention where nobody would really be around to hear him speak. And that stuck with me ever since I saw it. You know, I'm not someone obviously who's been in this space for very long, so I can't just, you know, demand that someone let me speak in their space. But I have applied for, you know, a couple speaking gigs before just because I believe I'm someone who carries himself very well and recognizes things and does their research and can kind of speak to experience. And I was not accepted in a couple of these spaces, and I can figure out why. If you're not serving someone's particular agenda, you're going to rock the boat. They don't want you on their platform. That's cool. So I created Tailored Healing Collective. And I've been afraid to publicly honor the fact that this space is for BIPOCs to speak about their experiences, not because this medicine belongs to them, but because it's taken away from them. They are left out of the conversation. These are not things that are going to be put in, you know, the educational system right away or in lower income neighborhoods. You know, there, there's not even a lot of education around it. And why would there be? At least not available to certain people. Not to where someone would think to actually go look for these things. Cannabis is getting there now, but as we see, white America has also taken over that, made it inaccessible. You know, there are people who have to have cash, like have a giant access um, ability to have cash on hand to open dispensaries or to get their license. Um, in order to become part of this industry, they're still working just for that. 
So with the psychedelic space opening up, and I'm just going to keep using that word because it's relevant to, you know, America in this current time, even though we know it's a white word. Um, with this being the new wave now, the same thing is going to happen unless we start speaking up and saying something. It's easy to run with the crowd. It's easy to not face the things that are going on right now. Because if we desensitize ourselves to it, we don't have to really look it in its face and say, hey, this is wrong. I'm calling you out. You know, it's, it's time for a change. We have to think about the way the world is going to work in the future. These systems do not work anymore. They don't work. They never worked. And I was blind to it for a very long time. In my teenage years, my childhood years, I went to a predominantly white school. Um... I wanted to be white. I thought straightening my hair, wearing things like Abercrombie and Fitch Birkenstocks would make me somehow more digestible for people. And then when I got to college, you know, I think black Americans kind of went through this woke phase where we're all trying to connect with our African roots and, you know, get back in touch, being woke, wearing dashikis. That phase didn't last too long. And now I'm in a space, you know, as an older woman who I, I don't like the word woke. I believe it's just becoming conscious and aware of the things that we were once ignorant to. But now I'm in a space where I can no longer look around and wait for the acceptance of other people. I have to point out that not that we're being left out of these spaces, but that something needs to change. And I'm not sure exactly what yet that change could be just moving away from government systems altogether. It could be reshaping these systems. I'm not sure what that looks like yet for the future, but what I do know is I cannot be afraid anymore and run away for the sake of my children when I do this because of my children. I could be afraid every day. When you think about these great people who challenged the world with their resistance, like Asada Shakur, Bob Marley, um, you know, these people who were... They had this message to spread to the world and they knew they were spreading it in love, but that somewhere along the way, someone was going to find hate in it. Now, I haven't had too much of that yet. And the so quote unquote hate that I've gotten has been from my own people because they don't know. And it's not their fault that they don't know. How could they? You know, I, I've heard from people within the BIPOC community who are not aware of these medicines that they compare it to crack cocaine. They compare it to heroin. They compare it to opioids when they really have no knowledge of what it is at all. And that's because of the war on drugs. They mixed a lot of these things in with psychedelics and then threw it back into these communities and said they're crazy. You know, they're violent. Story sound familiar? We don't want to repeat history. History does repeat itself. But at some point, it has to stop in order for a new narrative to happen. My hope for this podcast, whatever it turned into, for people who are not yet public within this space, and you don't have to be because this can be a sacred thing that is between you and your level of consciousness, between your God, between whatever you look to as your higher authority or power, and that could be yourself. But for the outside world, you know, the work is done on earth so that we can ascend 
to a higher way of life. You know, it would be great to escape right now and go off grid, act like none of this is happening at all. It would be harder work to sit here and challenge these things and these systems. Now, a lot of these things are going to stay the same no matter what we do, but that's the point. You know, we have to have the higher world and the lower world. We have to have the dark and the light. One cannot exist without the other, but in challenging it, we can find balance. Let's not blatantly ignore the fact that these sacred medicines are now being blasted on magazines like Vogue. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to call something out. You know, I saw someone making, a French-American designer, making mushroom hats for $800. Because every, the new wave, the new craze is mycelium. Brilliant mycelium. And the wonders it can do. You know, you have companies like Mudwater, which I have consumed. <laughs> you have... Um, you know, this, these powders being pushed in Whole Foods, these places where there's supposedly more organic and healthy foods here. But again, these you will not find these in lower income neighborhoods where it's the new craze to further your mental health. And from the perspective that I used to see it from, it was like, okay, well, why are white people the only ones with access to such powerful tools until I found people within the psychedelic space who were not as vocal, but, you know, visually doing the work. And that's where the gap is. That's where it comes in. You're not going to see uh, Lion's Mane Powder and Save a Lot. You're not going to see it in Shop and Save. I think that was one in the Midwest I used to see. You're not going to see it in your local um, grocery stores. You're going to see it at Trader Joe's. You'll see it at, what do we have down here, Robert's maybe in the future. Definitely at Whole Foods. Because the way it's marketed and being presented is available and acceptable for the people who they are marketing to. It's the white way to make something clean cut and beautiful and the ideal way of life. You can brighten your world, create a better tomorrow if you have this aesthetic, when that's just not the true history of where these things come from. And if you know anything about journeying, if you know what you encounter, you encounter a lot of dark spirits along that way. You encounter a lot of darker realms. And to me, you know, I haven't heard too many people who promote this or journeying where, you know, they speak about realizing how whitewashed all of this is. Recently, I've gone back into studying Eastern spirituality because something about, you know, the way that this culture shows things like yoga and meditation has popularized all this stuff over the past few years. Like, I'm like, okay, I, I remember from my studies, you know, I used to study into um, the five kleshas. I believe that's how you pronounce it. You know, I have the Bhagavad Gita. And... The way that they spin spirituality here is very watered down. And I'm sure most people know this, but I'll just say it for the sake of the podcast. It's very watered down. Chakras are not what you think they are. They are and they aren't. They're both, but it's like they took little pieces of Indian spirituality and then sold it to the masses because it was going to help heal them. 
that's not how it works. You can never take away something that was never yours to begin with. But here, because we're consumers and we digest anything that's pushed out to us, especially through mass media, we want to be a part of it. I was someone who wanted to be a part of it. You know, I wanted the yoga pants so I could look like the yoga teacher. That's not what yoga is. The body portion of yoga is only one part. There is a whole rich history behind that, but they don't teach you that when they're charging you $900 for a class. You know, these studios where they're doing hot yoga and, you know, they don't make them accessible. Now, granted, we do have a culture where they are starting to teach outside, but they're not teaching the asanas. They're just teaching body poses. They teach you meditation and breath work, but they do not teach you the power of your mind. On a previous episode, I was speaking with someone about, oh, I found spiritual reverence in the Avengers. Um, and it's funny because if you have seen Doctor Strange, you know, he goes to this temple where he meets, I don't know what her name is. I don't know if it's like the Ascended One or the Knowledgeable One. Either way, you know, she's teaching him about his astral body and his regular body. And while it is told through the eyes of a white woman, I can't remember what her name is. She was in um, Chronicles of Narnia. The place where he went to learn this information and this knowledge was not in America. It was outside of these countries. So there's a lot to unpack here, and I'm kind of going off a little bit. Um, but in order to make a change to bring any kind of enlightenment to this, it starts here. It starts with not capitalizing on every single thing. It starts with creating the education. It starts with creating the freedom because that's ultimately what they're teaching you, the freedom and the power of your mind. It teaches you about the cycles of life, of death and rebirth. It teaches you that there are dark realms that you are not always meant to control, but what you do have control of is self. And so with this full moon, with all these things going on in the world right now, all I can say is something that I've heard in, in a song by one of my favorites, Lauren Hill. Um, it's on her Unplugged album where she says, wake up and rebel. It's freedom time. Wake up and rebel. And these aren't all the lyrics, but, you know, turn away from these crooked systems. Wake up, wake up, wake up and rebel. It's freedom time. We have to turn away from these ideas. If you don't feel comfortable, create your own space. But don't get so stuck in that space that you cannot teach and connect to other people. Do not think you are superior because something is accessible to you and not accessible to others. One thing that I have learned from sacred medicines is it does not make me better than anyone else to know what freedom of the mind is because it's something I still have to work with every single day. It's not something that can be ignored or walked away from. But I do see so many suffering. And while I don't think that working with these medicines is a cure-all, end-all, be-all, it just brings the fact to light that there are still injustices within these systems that also include this very special topic about freeing your mind, changing your mind. You cannot change your mind without first changing the system. Or the other way around, you can't 
change the system without changing your mind. And that does not just include yourself. It was a nice story told from the perspective of a cis hetero white man who seemed to have found his freedom within indigenous medicine. But how are you pouring back into the community by only making it available for certain people, for not showing the true history of the pillaging and the colonizing and the raping and the death that has occurred in this country because people who are brown and black and indigenous tried to help you and not you in particular, but your people as well. We're all people. And, then, and that, that's the argument I'll probably get and that I've heard from a lot of people. But we're all people. We're all one race. Yes, we are all the human race. But don't get it twisted. We were all given a color for a reason because we have to come to terms with the fact that we're different so that we can elevate. We're different so that we can recognize these things. We're in this human experience, this very human experience of seeing people deal with injustices all over the world. Because if we don't see a problem, how can we create the change? And I'll say that again because I kind of stumbled over my words. If we don't see a problem, how do we create a change? I don't think I have too much more to say uh, about this today. But I will say the Taylor Healing Collective podcast, again, is a space for black and brown indigenous people of color to share their stories because as this wave becomes larger and larger, I will not find it shocking nor surprising if they are left out of these conversations. So feel free to come here and enjoy the conversation. Come here to free your mind, but don't stay here. Go out into the world, speak to other people. You see an injustice, speak up and talk about it. You see something that doesn't look right and fair, figure out how we can change that. And hopefully in that, we'll create a better world. So until next time, this has been the Taylor Healing Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor. And until next time, let love lead the way. Peace.
become a vibrational match to your desires. Take the hand of your old self and lead them into a new future. Feel yourself at peace, in flow, in tune, and at one with all that there is and all that there will be. The rhythm of the universe. It takes form inside of your soul. It is a vibration so powerful and intricate that it created you. Breathe.